Welcome to the Empowered Patient Podcast, where we discuss real, fad-free, and research-guided information about your biggest nutrition, health, and lifestyle questions to empower you on your unique health journey. Now here's your host, Certified Holistic Health Coach, JD. everyone and welcome back to the empowered patient last week we dove into the topic of traditional Chinese medicine and more specifically the concept of the body clock the idea that at different increments throughout the day different organs and systems are taking a priori functioning so they're the kind of the focus of detoxification and processing Um, so I would love to hear from you if you've taken a look at the body clock if you've compared it to any symptoms you may experience throughout the day at a specific time and if you've made any connections there Today, we're diving into, I think, a pretty exciting and very relevant topic, especially in the, um, the population that I tend to work with most, which is women who are dealing with chronic stress or recovering from adrenal fatigue. And it actually comes off of a conversation with a friend. So we were talking and she asked the question, um, is there a link between having nightmares and eating sugar? And a little bit more specifically, she gave me a bit of backstory that More recently, she had been incorporating a little bit more refined sugar, and usually it had been later in the evening, and then she had been waking up in the middle of the night experiencing heart palpitations and some anxiety, and usually waking up from having a nightmare or a scary dream. And actually, my response was yes, and I would love to share with you all why today and dive a little bit deeper into understanding our body's stress response how blood sugar is involved in that, and why we might have nightmares in the middle of the night as a result. Um, So let's start with the very basics when it comes to blood sugar, just understanding very briefly, very surface level, um, what happens when we eat food. So we usually eat a combination of macronutrients, carbohydrates, dietary fats and proteins, and some micronutrients, vitamins, minerals, enzymes. And depending on the combination and our unique bodies, our blood sugar is going to rise at a certain pace due to eating that food. It reaches a certain level and then insulin is triggered from the pancreas to come in, unlock the cells so that glucose can move into those cells and tissues to give our bodies energy. And this is a beautiful system that works really well for many people. Um, And then we have stress. So we've usually talked about that as the fight or flight response. So this is a very complex response um, that triggers many different systems in our bodies, but it starts in the brain. So it starts with the amygdala, which is our emotional processing center. And so if something in that center feels like there's a threat, which is why we often call it a perceived threat, because it could be a signal for danger in our external environment, like a car slamming on its brakes right in front of us, or somebody walking out into the street while we're driving, as an example, but it could also be something that our mind is focused on, like an impending deadline coming up that we're stressed about, or a conversation that we had. So it can be something that hasn't even happened yet that our brain is projecting as a potential threat to our survival. Either way, the same cascade of chemicals is triggered. 
The first part of that is that from the adrenal glands, which are our tiny little walnut-shaped um, glands sitting on top of our kidneys, we have two of them, are a storehouse for a whole bunch of hormones. And um, one of the chemicals that gets released right away in our fight or flight response is epinephrine or adrenaline. And it happens extremely quickly without us even thinking about or processing it. That's how um, in some instances, for example, you were able to jump out of the street before a car drove by without even really processing what's going on. Our systems happen that quick. Um, and it gives us that superhuman strength and speed that we need to survive a threat. If the system continues to be in a state of threat a little bit longer, the HPA access is triggered. And as part of this, it starts with, stands for hypothalamus pituitary adrenal access. So adrenal is the last part of that. But a whole cascade of events happen and a whole bunch of chemicals are released, ending with cortisol being released from our adrenal glands. And cortisol helps us ramp up a bunch of processes that help us in this state of stress. It increases our blood pressure short-term, it increases blood sugar short-term, so that all of our tissues and systems have the energy that they need to escape this threat. Now, cortisol is often talked about with not so great terms. It's often correlated with stress, right? Having chronic stress in our bodies. And especially in commercials on TV, it's talked about as the stubborn belly fat or the inner tube around our belly, which can be higher in cortisol. Um, but cortisol is not the bane of our existence. In fact, it's essential for our survival. It's involved in modulating the immune system. It helps balance out and counteract toxins that are released as a result of an immune attack. It helps with nervous system functioning and keeping our brain function optimal, keeping um, hormones and neurotransmitters and neuronal excitability balanced. It helps our, um, our heart and our blood vessels stay beating strong. And it helps regulate the sodium and the potassium and fluid balance in our bodies. And so, and cortisol is also involved in normalizing and helping to regulate blood sugar. So it helps with homeostasis in that it helps keep glucose in a very narrow range that feels okay in our system. So when our fight or flight system is triggered, if we perceive a stress, there's a greater demand for cortisol in the body because it's involved in all of these functions. If it's chronically turned on and we're chronically pumping out cortisol, this can become detrimental to our health and well-being. So the body being efficient and smart with its primary goal to survive starts to back that up. So even though the brain is sending signals like stress, stress, we need help, get us out of this situation, um, the HPA access may start releasing less cortisol as a response. Or the kidneys can transform cortisol, which is the active form of the hormone, to cortisone, which is an inert form of the hormone. So it might start turning a lot of our cortisol into cortisone, which is very different than cortisone shots and the cortisone creams. That's actually more like a, a form of cortisol. So we might have higher levels of cortisone in our bodies to try to counteract these negative effects of high um, circulating levels of cortisol. Additionally, 
our receptors may start to block or become insensitive to cortisol. So we have sort of a situation like insulin resistance, only cortisol resistance. And because of all these regulatory and modulating functions of cortisol, we start to experience some symptoms in our body. So for example, cortisol runs in a circadian rhythm. Usually it spikes about 30 to 60 minutes upon waking and it gives us that boost to get out of bed, get up in the morning and start our day. So if we're not getting enough cortisol, if there's a cortisol insufficiency in our systems, we may notice that it's harder and harder to drag ourselves out of bed in the morning. We may notice because the adrenal glands where cortisol is produced are heavily involved in regulating the sodium and potassium balance and because cortisol is intimately linked with blood pressure, which relies on sodium and potassium to create that tensity and that um, strong heartbeat, that we start to have lower blood pressure. Maybe we start to feel lightheaded when we stand up and experience hypotension. That could be due to a cortisol insufficiency. And then the primary focus of today is talking about blood sugar regulation. So again, cortisol is heavily relayed in that whole system as well. And so if we have an insufficiency of cortisol, what might happen is the stress response is triggered, blood glucose levels rise, insulin comes in to take the glucose, to help the glucose get into the cells, and so our blood glucose levels are depleted because we don't have any backup. So we begin to experience symptoms of hypoglycemia. Um, and if you've experienced it, it's not fun. This was one of the primary symptoms I experienced in um, understanding and coming to the understanding that adrenal fatigue was sort of what was happening in my body. And um, some of the symptoms of hypoglycemia can include feeling lightheaded, dizzy, craving sugar, craving caffeine, um, feeling disoriented, heart palpitations, feeling anxious, clammy hands, sweaty palms, um, and waking up in the middle of the night with nightmares. A, a greater frequency of nightmares can be a side effect of this hypoglycemia, of this blood sugar crash. So we're getting closer to getting the answer um, that I gave to my friend, which was, especially when we're eating sources of sugar and refined sugar, that's a very fast boost of glucose to the system. And oftentimes insulin comes in because it sees it rising so quickly that it's gonna try to balance it back out. It may overshoot. And then we have low blood sugar, which is gonna wake us up in the middle of the night if we don't have the reserves to give our body the fuel to make it through the night. So we wake up with these symptoms, um, including nightmares, again, heart palpitations, anxiety, and the like. So this can sound pretty dire, um, but if you noticed, I, be, I was using the term cortisol insufficiency or um, HPA axis dysregulation. This is a more accurate term than adrenal fatigue because our adrenal glands don't actually become fatigued in most instances. There is a rare autoimmune condition called Addison's disease where the body begins to attack the adrenal glands and they do degrade and we have to then be on some external source of cortisol for the rest of our lives. But for most people, that's not the case actually, and their body is not unable to make cortisol. But as I was mentioning before, because our stress response system is chronically on, it's hitting the brakes. It's slowing that cortisol release down in order to keep all of our systems a go as best as they can. 
So this is important to know, I think, when we are addressing adrenal fatigue, that the body hasn't stopped producing cortisol and it's likely still able to, but because we're in a high stress situation, it's saying no. So lifestyle-wise, there are many things that we can do to help re-regulate this cortisol response in our bodies. And as I already mentioned, it runs on a circadian rhythm. So a huge one is getting back in tune with the cycles of light and dark in the day. Waking up when the sun rises and making sure you get some sunlight first thing in the morning, and then winding things down as it becomes dark at night. And that means closing out the day a little earlier once it's winter, um, which we're approaching now. And if you can't end your day earlier, trying to dim your screens, there's a lot of... Um, different apps and things out there now where you can dim down the blue light and turn up the yellow light on your screens. And this will help the system understand that it's getting to the end of the day and it won't keep the brain stimulated like it's still morning. You can also invest in some yellow tone glasses to wear in front of your screens. Um, and ideally you can just shut the screens down a bit earlier or at least two hours before going to bed. Blood sugar regulation wise, it can be really important for the system to know that there is an abundance of fuel available. So not skipping meals, especially not skipping breakfast. And then again, to regulate blood sugar and that glucose response in the system, it can be very important to eat high quality sources of whole foods, especially dietary fats and proteins. So this is often lacking in the hurry grab and go breakfasts of pastries and cereals and energy bars and granola bars. And even if they're organic and local and things like that, um, they often don't have a lot of dietary fat or protein to slow the release of glucose into the system. And when we're already experiencing some blood sugar irregularities and a tendency for the blood sugar to rise and crash, we need that stable source of energy. So incorporating some high quality whole food sources of dietary fat and protein at each and every single meal. That leads me to my second point when it comes to regulating blood sugar, which is eating regular meals. Now, this is going to look different for each and every one of us. For some of us, it may mean eating three full meals throughout the day, eating enough and nutrient-dense meals so that we stay full four to five hours until our next meal. For some people, it's not going to work to eat three square meals, and they're going to need some snacks in between, especially up front. So honor that. If you're noticing some of these symptoms like anxiety or even thoughts about food or shakiness or brain fog between meals, and you're eating high-quality, whole food, nutrient-dense meals, add a little snack in between to give your blood glucose that little boost. Um, you could eat some raw or roasted nuts, like some almonds or macadamia nuts or walnuts. You could eat some veggies with some guac. You could eat a high-quality grass-fed jerky. Um, just making sure, again, that it has some dietary fat and protein to help balance the blood glucose and keep that slow, steady, stable energy throughout the day. And then watching the sources of refined sugar and caffeine, as these tend to send blood sugar on a bit more of a roller coaster and then we need, more glue, we need more cortisol to respond to that. So when we're already in a cortisol insufficient state, asking for more of it from these sources 
can prolong and delay healing. So just trying to keep sources of refined sugars out of the diet as best as possible, limiting caffeine to maybe one cup in the morning, or if you're noticing you're really sensitive to it, trying to maybe switch out um, coffee for green tea um, or an herbal tea. And there's lots of great different um, herbal sources out there now. One of my favorites is Four Sigmatic Mushroom Blends. I really love the reishi. Um, it's earthy and it gives me that sort of coffee feel without any caffeine. And it's actually um, an immune protectant. And it can be really helpful in healing that chronic stress response and helping to turn the parasympathetic system back on in a balanced way. So I hope that you found this helpful. I know it's a lot of information, um, but everything is connected and stress when it becomes chronic can be so detrimental to our health. And as you can see, it's involved in so many different systems in the body, including blood sugar regulation. Thankfully, there are a lot of lifestyle modifications we can make to improve this. And so if this is really resonating for you, if this is a topic that feels like, yes, this is happening in your body and you want some additional help with that, I've got a couple of things for you. First, I've created a PDF. It's completely free on the seven lifestyle factors that will help you eliminate exhaustion in your body now. And all you have to do is go to my homepage of my website and I'll link it below, put in your email and you will get the free PDF. And, um, these are the same tips that I share with all of my clients and often have them implement into their daily routine if it feels aligned for them because it really helps modulate and tone back, kind of hit the brakes on that fight or flight response. Additionally, if you would like some one-on-one -on -one support or guidance um, through this process, I completely hear you and I would love to support you. I currently have one space available for my private one-on-one -on -one coaching and I would love to talk to you and see if we're a great fit for partnering on your current health journey. And you can do that, you can take action on that by scheduling a free 30-minute discovery call with me and I will link that below as well. So that's it for this week. I hope you found this information helpful to you and um, wishing you lots of energy, full, real energy, and great sleep and continuing to feel informed and empowered in your own health journey. Thank you so much. See you next week. That's the end of this episode. Continue to stay informed and empowered by subscribing to the show and please rate it on iTunes. Stay connected with JD by following her on Instagram and Facebook and visit jdangleswellness.com to receive regular messages and free gifts from JD and to stay up to date on all empowered patient happenings.